power of God and to the work of God. But according to scripture, if you believe, belief can make all things possible. Job said, I know that you can do anything. He's talking about God. I know that you can do anything. And no one can stop you. In Jeremiah 32, it says, The Lord spoke these words to Jeremiah. I am the Lord, the God of every person on earth. Now, let me clarify that. Not everybody belongs to God. I wish they did. He created everybody. He has authority over everybody. He is God and above everybody. But not everybody belongs to God. But he's making a statement here. I am the Lord, the God of every person on earth, and nothing is impossible for me. Do you really believe that, that God can do anything? Do you believe that? Are you sure? Do you remember what Jesus said to Martha when Lazarus died? Do you remember? Before, before I read that scripture verse, I want to just qualify this by saying this. The very first step in moving forward with God is that you have to believe that God is real. And you have to believe that he's, he exists and that he's alive and well today. And you also have to believe in God's word. You have to believe God's word. You have to trust God's word. Do you believe that? Look at John 11, verse 40. Then Jesus said to Martha, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God, if you believed? So they moved the stone away from the entrance. Then Jesus looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. After Jesus said this, he cried out, in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And there was a lot of people freaking out. His hands and his feet were wrapped with pieces of cloth and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take the cloth off of him and let him go. We'll... Will you choose to believe God today? Will you? You know, every day you face any number of decisions that require you to believe in God. You have to decide every day if you're going to act in faith with God or in faith with your own ability. Every day you have to decide whether you're going to obey God or whether you're going to obey your own will and do what you want to do. The absolute essential question is this, and you know, it, it's essential that you look at this through the eyes of this simple question. Am I going to believe God today? Every day you wake up, you need to ask yourself that question. Am I going to believe God today? Martha had to make that same decision. Jesus clearly told her that if she would just believe that she would be able to see the glory of God demonstrated. And, and the Bible says she believed, and it happened. What happened? Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Think about that. At the very command of his voice, Lazarus came back to life. Wouldn't that be amazing to see that kind of miracle today? 
Dr. Ronnie Floyd said, today in the 21st century, we can see amazing demonstrations of power in microchips and small phones, in the internet, in fracking for oil and in nuclear energy. Yet nothing is more powerful than the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing. His words bring life, both physical as well as spiritual. There's all kinds of advancements in our society today. There's uh, all kinds of innovations. There's all kinds of inventions, new things coming out that never existed before. And yet none of them compare to Jesus and his power. You have to remember that when you open up the Bible, you are looking at the word of the living God. It's a real book. It's a true book. But it is God's book. It is his story, not just history. I strongly encourage you to open it and read it every day. I challenge you to think about it and believe it. It's imperative for your well-being that in faith you choose to base your life on what you learn about God's word. I encourage you to choose to believe God, to believe that he exists and to believe that he is everything that his word claims to be. It is the premise on which everything else in Christianity is built. If you can't believe the Bible and you can't believe that God exists, you might as well throw the Bible away and just go home. We have to believe. We need to believe. We need to do more than say I believe. We need to live out our belief. We need to prove we believe. The world needs to see us believing. Amen? Twice in two different places in Scripture, books of the Bible begin with these simple words. In the beginning God. In the beginning, God. Actually, in the Hebrew, it is in beginning, God. There's no article, the, in the Hebrew. In beginning, God. Not God's beginning, but when he created everything and brought everything into being, God already existed. Genesis 1, verse 1 says, In beginning God, in beginning Elohim, created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was empty, a formless mass cloaked in darkness, and the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Put your seatbelt on and your imagination cap for just a minute. Do you realize there was a time when nothing existed but God? How do, you, how do you wrap your mind around that? There was a time when nothing existed but God. Not even time existed at that point. Why? Because God is eternal. He always has been and always will be. And through an act of divine creation, God spoke everything into existence from nothing. It gets even better. Only God can do that. We can take things 
material and we can make things out of them. I can take a tree and saw it up in lumber and make furniture. But God has the ability to speak things into existence from nothing. That's just one of the many characteristics that separates us from God. God is so transcendent from us. He is so above us. Now Moses speaks of two persons of the Trinity there in Genesis, being present at creation. John speaks of the third person of the Trinity in his work. When you put the two passages together, you see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now the Jehovah's Witness would say that we are polytheistic, Believers, we, we believe in many gods, and I would say, no, we believe in one God. But we see him in three different persons, not personalities. <laughs> Some of us have split personalities, but not God. <laughs> one God, three persons. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, I don't understand it. But my little simple peanut brain defines it this way. We all believe in water, don't we? How many of you drank water today? How many of you need to drink water today? Some of us older folks need to drink more water. We don't drink enough. What is water? Isn't, isn't it H2O? H2O. Chemistry. I wasn't very good in chemistry. In fact, I failed chemistry. <laughs> but H2O, water. It's water that can be found in three different ways, right? If it's just room temperature, it's liquid. You freeze it and it becomes solid. It's ice. Put it in a teapot and heat it up and it becomes steam. But whether it is liquid or steam or ice, it is still what? Still water, H2O. So whether you see God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, it is still what? One God, right? One God. One God. Look at John verse 1. John 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning the Word... Capital W-O-R-D. The word already existed. He was with God. And he was what? God. Now, the New World Translation of the Jehovah's Witness would say, he was a little God. They take the deity away from Jesus. You take the deity away from Christ, all you got is a cult. You with me? Jesus was God. He is God. He was in the beginning with God. Notice verse 3. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was with him. The life gave light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Verse 14 says, so the word became human and lived here on earth among us. God became human and lived here on earth among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son who we know to be Jesus Christ, the only son of the father. Folks, God brought everything into existence. He created everything. John writes in Revelation 4, you were worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created everything, and it is for your pleasure that we exist and were created. 
our passage for focusing on this message today is Psalms 24, verses 1 and 2. Where David said, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. The very first principle of stewardship is simply this. God owns everything. He owns everything. You and I have been called to be stewards. A steward is not an owner. A steward simply manages what belongs to the owner. Stewards serve at the goodwill of the owner. And the Bible is clear. God owns everything. Therefore, he owns everything. He created everything. Therefore, he owns everything. Now, I understand that it's a whole lot easier to to, to state that principle than it is to live that principle. It's real easy for me to stand here and say it. God created it. Therefore, he owns it. But it's another thing for us to live that way. Amen? But God's total ownership is inescapable. Scripture bears that out. Psalms 50 verse 10 says, For all the animals of the forest are mine, God says, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. Not only does he own the cattle, but he owns a thousand hills. Every bird of the mountain and all the animals of the field belong to me, God says. If I were hungry, notice this, I would not mention it to you, for all the world is mine and everything in it. Dr. Tony Evans wrote, God is the owner of his kingdom by virtue of creation. Therefore, since God owns everything, everything that we claim is only ours relatively speaking. It is not ours absolutely speaking. He goes on to say that the money that you have in your pocket right now was printed on paper that was ground up from trees that grew on God's property. The car that you drive was shaped out of metal whose elements were dug from God's earth. The clothes on your back are only there because God made them possible. It all belongs to God. What did Job say? I was born with nothing and I will die with nothing. Death is clearly the ultimate reminder that we really own nothing. The only reason that you probably won't go out the way that you came in, that is without anything on, is because somebody's probably going to try to make you look pretty and put some clothes on you at the end of your day. I have never gone down to view a body and went, ooh, (laughs) That wouldn't be good, would it? You know, they're digging up graves all over the world. They've been doing that now for hundreds of years. In fact, grave robbers have been doing it for thousands of years. Nothing that's ever been buried with anybody made it into the afterlife. Nothing. It's all still in the ground unless somebody stole it. You can go to museums and see a lot of it. Why doesn't it make it into the afterlife? Well, I can tell you why. In heaven, you won't need it. God's got better stuff up there than we got down here. Amen? (laughs) 
And if you're not going to heaven, but you're going in the other direction, guess what? Everything's going to burn up down there <laughs> except you. <laughs> but the big reason is simply because we don't own anything. We don't own anything. The Bible says we don't even own our bodies if we're believers. This is revolutionary. This is radical. We, we hear it, but do we believe it? What did Paul say? You should know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You have received the Holy Spirit from God, so you do not belong to yourself because you were bought by God for a price. What price did God pay for your body, for your soul? He gave his son. He put his son on a cross. He sent him to die so that you could be forgiven and saved. A great price. The greatest price. So what does Paul find up, wind up saying? So honor God with your bodies. Honor God with your bodies. I want you to bow your heads. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking. I'm the only one looking. If I see you looking, I'll point you out. I'm kidding. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Please, work with me. In your mind... I want you to name one thing you possess that didn't come from God. Some of your brain's already smoking. You're trying to find it. The reality is, there's nothing that we possess that didn't come from God. Now I want you to take a moment as you're thinking about those things that you possess. Reflect on what God has given you. Be honest. It all comes from God. You're more abundantly blessed than you can imagine. Think about the things that you have waiting on you when you get home. You have a home, most of you. Cars, TVs, puppy dogs. Clothes, shoes. Some of you got airplanes, boats. You got your health. Yeah, and you got some aches and pains if you're a little older, but they're free. You got so much. It all comes from God. So here's the question I want you to ask yourself this morning. This is important. How am I honoring God with what he has blessed me with? How am I honoring God? What am I doing with my time? How, how do I honor God with the time that he's given me? I heard several Christians this week say, you know, I just don't have enough time. I heard several say, man, this week's just been tough. It's been bad. It's been hard. It's been difficult. How are you honoring God with your time? How, how are you honoring God with your talent? I have heard this more than once about our church. We have so many talented people. And we do. We've been blessed with an abundance of talent. How are you honoring God with it? How are you honoring God with your treasure? 
oh preacher, you're talking about, you're, you're, you're preaching now. You're stepping on toes when you start talking about treasure, about money or wealth. How are you honoring God with your wealth? Are you like that God, that guy that massacred all those people the other day? Who lives with his wealth only for himself? Or do you use your wealth to bring glory and honor to God? Here's the, here's the real question. Am I willing to live my life as if God owns everything? What does that look like? Well, I believe if you're willing to live your life as if God owns everything, he'll show you. I'm a firm believer that God will bless your socks off. He's already given us more than we deserve. And in most cases, he's given us more than we need. All that God says is trust me. Believe in me. Believe me. How's your belief today? Honestly, How's your belief? Is there any place you wouldn't follow God? Is there anything you wouldn't give God? Is there anything you wouldn't attempt for God? If there is, then your belief's not what it needs to be. You know the things that God has put on your heart to do because our God speaks to our heart through his spirit. And you know what you're struggling with that God wants you to be obedient in. What I'm asking you and challenging you to do today is to think about what God desires from you and make up your mind today whether you're going to believe God. Because you see, when it comes down to obedience, it's all a matter of trust. Most of us can't obey God because we don't trust God. We think if, if I do that, then this might happen. Or if I give that, then I won't have enough. Or if I go do that, then who's going to take care of me? Where God calls and where God sends, God provides. Do you trust him? Father, we are struggling right now with life because life is tough. It's not easy. We struggle sometimes, Lord, because we can't see you with our eyes. We can't touch you with our hand. We can't hear you speak with our ears. We don't smell you. We don't taste you. And everything in this world is about meeting our needs, the needs of our flesh and our senses. God, I'm asking you today to help our unbelief. For those of us today that are struggling with, with believing you and believing in you, God, help our unbelief. Love us and encourage us. You said you would, and you said you can. We trust you today. Please, Lord, work in our hearts. Change us, Lord, on the inside because until the inside's changed, the outside will not change at all. Thank you for loving us, Lord, and being patient with us, and being kind.
have your will and way in our life. Right now we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand? Will you listen to God? Will you respond to the Lord? Will you do what he's put in your heart to do? Will you let him change you? Will you let him shape you? Will you let him lead you where he wants you to be? I know God's calling you to do something. And I'm trusting him to speak loud enough that you can hear him. Will you obey him? You come. You come.